and you now you had a baby that you had to take care of, which requires so much attention and effort and energy and all mm -hmm. those things. I'm Jamie and I'm Lauren and you're listening to mom the podcast if you haven't already be sure to follow us on Instagram at mom underscore the podcast and subscribe uh, on Apple Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from and so today well before we kind of dive in to things I have a story <laughs> I love our stories by Jamie we'll talk to uh, I think <laughs> so you <laughs> obviously you guys can't see but two of my couch cushions are right now in quarantine because we had an incident last night and after Kinsley went to bed uh, Evan Harper and I were sitting here on the couch just hanging out Harper was just kind of laying around watching her tablet and then all of a sudden out of nowhere <laughs> she just like projectile vomit. Oh, gosh. <laughs> like, are we talking exorcist projectile vomit? <laughs> like, it was all or... over. It was all over the couch, all oh, over her pants. Oh, no. It got on her iPad. Like, it was everywhere. Like a demon spawn <laughs> in her. Oh, my gosh. That must have been terrifying. Yeah, she had a t she had already taken a bath that day. Oh, gosh, so she had, a, she had to take another bath. Yeah, it was terrible. Oh, my God. How was she but when she was vomiting everywhere? She, <laughs> she was just like... Like it was just happening. Just ha it was just happening, and she was just like, "Okay." Oh my gosh! It's always wild over your house. Actually, that did happen. Yeah. My daughter was also sick, and she was eating pizza, and all of a sudden, she's like eating on this happy face, and just like, Bleh! like these kids are just unfazed by the fact that there's just like vomit coming out of their mouths. Like, oh my yeah. gosh! And the rest, and we're just sitting there, being like, "Oh my god, what do we do? What do we do?" I was like freaking wow. out, and then we're like cleaning it up. And I, I literally was like feeling like I was gonna oh my gosh, vomit myself, me like cleaning up all these chunks, and like oh it was gosh, this is really gross. Is so gross. So Evan, Evan ended up cleaning Doing it up. It? Yeah. yeah, I can't, I can't. It's something when it's my kids, it's a little bit different. Like if yeah. it's their blood or their poop, obviously you get used to your poop. I can sort of stomach it, but yeah, there's sometimes where it's just really gross. It's so that's was, what happens to you. Is it's just yeah, she had eaten fish sticks. Mm. Oh. <laughs> If you easily get grossed out by these things, feel feel free to fast forward a little bit here. Yeah. But this is real life, mamas, right? We go through this. Things yeah. that come out of our children, you know, whether it be vomit, <laughs> poop, whatever. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, if you it's haven't horrible. experienced something like that, I, I think you're probably lying. <laughs> like all <laughs> Or it's kids. coming for you. Or it's coming. Yeah. Oh all gosh. kids, all kids go through that kind of stuff. But oh, wow. yeah, it was disgusting. So now we have to get our cushions like professionally cleaned and oh, wow i mean i'm not sitting on them until they are <laughs> yeah yeah that's true you don't know where it seeps into oh my goodness so so now you guys have half a couch that you have to sit, sit on yeah okay good yeah. story so actually i do feel like that weirdly fits into our topic of the day because we're talking about transitions transitions to being a new mom transitionings from being a mom of one to a mom of multiples yeah. and vomit and like you know when they have bottles and all these things come up That's and you true. don't know what to do is it vomit is it spit up is it you know uh, you know a spleen coming out of their mouth like what is it i feel like that does yeah. tie nicely because you don't know what you're doing at the beginning usually yeah right i don't know maybe do you want to share what your experience was from the beginning 
Uh, yeah. So I, okay. So I guess I'll, I'll preface with Harper was actually unexpected. Okay. (laughs) So we were, we were definitely by no means prepared to have a kid. And uh, while I was pregnant, we had a lot of stuff going on, probably stories for like another day, but Mm -hmm. um, we had a lot of kind of stressors in our relationship. We had financial stressors. Mm. We had work stressors. I was in a really toxic environment. Evan was in a really toxic environment. So we were just under a massive amount of stress. Wow. And we're not, we just weren't prepared. Like we just, you know, I mean, I went to like the class at the, whatever classes were offered by the hospital and, you know, read articles and stuff. Mm -hmm. But what did you think of those classes? I, I personally didn't think they were that helpful. Mm -hmm. That's what I felt too. Maybe because I took them very far in advance. Yeah. So I felt like when the time came, I was like, what, what do I do? How do you do this? It didn't feel real to me. So yeah. Yeah. So you did the classes, but still. Yeah. It wasn't like one of them, kind of the main one was about, you know, the birthing process Mm -hmm. and it was mostly about, uh, like having a natural birth. Oh yeah. You know, without the epidural. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. So, Ours definitely included that as part of it. Yeah. So, like, I, you know, we're watching videos of like babies coming out and women like <laughs> screaming and sweating and crying and you know bouncing on balls and in the bath and whatever. And that that was not applicable to me personally because mm-hmm. I was not gonna do that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I'm, you're like, give me all I'm the things, epidural, epidural. <laughs> medicine, whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. it in. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I'll take it all. Right. That was not your plan. Yeah. So maybe if someone's considering a natural birth, that's helpful, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. And then the other, there was a uh, breastfeeding class, mm-hmm. which also ended up not being applicable to me because I ended up, uh, formula feeding. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I'm sure for someone who breastfeeds, that one probably was helpful, right. but, um, yeah, it wasn't for well, me. I did breastfeed and I don't know if I felt like that was helpful. Really? And I'm curious what other moms out there, what you all think, please, you know, share your experiences, but it's one thing to say, okay, just hold the baby. And obviously it wasn't just this simple, like hold the baby up to your nipple and the latch on and life is great. Right. Otherwise yeah. that'd be a five minute class, but until you're in it, you really don't know what you're doing. And even when you're in it, I had lactation consultants every day that I was at the hospital. I had one who had to come after I was in so much pain. Mm. So there's something about those classes that even though it's helpful, because it gives you sort of an idea of maybe what to expect. Yeah. I felt like until you're in it and you have the help in the moment, because also you're so tired. So it's like, Oh my gosh, let me remember from three months ago, you know what they told me in this class when I was using a, you know, a fake baby doll, right. Until you're in it, it doesn't, yeah. It, it, it's hard. So even in that experience, it's still tough. Yeah. So, yeah. I, they don't necessarily talk about like the experience of it. Like they give mm-hmm. kind of the information like, oh, your baby will breastfeed every so many hours. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? Like mm-hmm. that's from the time they start feeding until the time they need to mm-hmm. feed, not from after they're done feeding, whatever, like right. details like that. But yeah, in that class, no one was like, yeah, your nipples are going to hurt. And like, yeah, you're going to have these issues. And I ended up getting mastitis mm, so did I, yeah. after Harper was born. So, I mean, that was not really, I mean, it was like touched on, but mm-hmm. not really talked about. And that was mm-hmm. definitely 
not a fun experience. Yeah, it's awful. Um, so, yeah, it was. And then we, when we had Harper, uh, we were still kind of still had all the same stressors. Um, mm. It was, you know, we just were under a lot of stress. So it was, it was really hard um, adding like a a new baby and mm-hmm. and uh, I took a so my my firm I was at a business immigration law firm at the time and my firm it was small it was basically one attorney and then me Mm. and a part-time attorney so they didn't really offer they didn't have a maternity leave policy they just kind of asked me like what I wanted Mm. and that's nice there's many other people who say oh you maternity leave like good luck to you there is none so that's (laughs) nice that they even asked you yeah they asked me but knowing the firm like knowing the attorney they were not it wasn't like this thing where they were like oh take whatever time you need we're gonna pay you da 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 it was it was like a when are you gonna be back Uh you know what do we have to do right what's the minimum almost yeah and then I it's hard yeah and I think because also uh I was the only person at the firm who had done an EB5 visa which is a like it's an investor visa but it's a minimum of like a million dollars unless you invest in certain uh, areas with high unemployment then it's 500,000 but Mm -hmm. it's actually I don't even know if they're still doing those visas anymore Mm -hmm. it was put on hold shortly after I left that firm but yeah so I was the only one who had done one Mm -hmm. so and you were the only woman at the firm too there was well the managing attorney was a woman okay which was surprising how toxic it was given Mm -hmm. that she was a woman Mm -hmm. uh, and had gone through pregnancy and childbirth and having babies and whatever. Someone who you thought would get it and understand and be empathetic and be supportive was the opposite. She was totally the opposite. It was very, yeah, it was very bad. And uh, so I basically told them, I can't remember exactly how long I told them, but I, I told them like enough weeks that I would, we would keep our health insurance like a, an extra month, mm-hmm. but but not so, but not beyond that, mm-hmm. because my plan was actually to quit mm-hmm. after the maternity leave. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's what happened. And then after I quit, they like asked me multiple times to come back, wow. and they were like, "You could even come back part time. We just need you to do the E twos and da 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 or EB EB fives. Mm-hmm. I said E twos because they're investment visas. At least also, you're in demand. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> so, like I was they like, wanted no. you. <laughs> I was like, no way yeah. am I going back. And um, that's, I guess I digress yeah. <laughs> a lot from the newborn phase, but so. But there was a lot going on, right? And there and was I, a lot going on. Yeah, and yeah. I love what you said is. Even when you have a baby, right? Some people say, oh, let's have a baby and I'll solve our problems. Although hopefully they know underneath that it's not. <laughs> it's going to create more or exacerbate what's already there, right? But yeah. that, I love that you said that all the problems that we had before during pregnancy, they were still there. Yeah. We went to the hospital, we had the baby, we did what we needed to do. And guess what? Those problems did not they disappear were... magically, even though that would have no. been wonderful no. if they did. And you now you had a baby that you had to take care of, which requires so much attention and effort and energy and all mm-hmm. those things that it probably made it harder to deal with those other pieces of your life. Oh, yeah. I mean, our, for a long time, like, my relationship with Evan was, like, wrecked. Like, Mm -hmm. we were, like, in a really bad place, and adding a baby to it 
definitely added stress wow. to the relationship, mm-hmm. although it kind of also helped keep us together because we weren't really in a position to separate. Mm. So we were like, we kind of have to like figure this figure out. it out. Mm. But that also says something because there's many people who say, no, this is too hard. Let's separate. Yeah. Right. So the fact that you said, no, that's not the path we want to take. We're going to figure out how to get through this. And here you are, you know, another kid later, right? Mm-hmm. Years later that somehow you figured out how to function well enough. Yeah. Right. Minus the stories you have shared on this <laughs> podcast, right? It's always hard. Right. But that really takes a lot of strength and courage because not that it doesn't take strength and courage to separate. There's always reasons for, you know, either direction you choose, but it's still not easy, obviously. Yeah. What you're saying. So that's yeah. pretty uh, amazing. So, yes. So I don't, I don't really know how it would have been if we didn't have those stressors, although I'm sure it would have been extremely difficult still. Yeah, I think course. adjusting to a newborn, it's a whole new person yeah. in your life and your family that you're like with all the time. And that's, you know, that's a big adjustment because yeah. that person has needs and you know, wants and mm-hmm. desires and, you know, it's, it's very, it's just a big adjustment. So yeah, it huge. was very hard. Yeah. Um, the couple definitely suffers in the newborn phase and maybe, yeah. I don't know, maybe throughout once you have kids, right? Because well, first of all, I'll talk about sex. You can't even have sex for the first six weeks. Yeah. So that's already, you know, prescribed that way. But yeah. also, right, as a mom, you're touched out. You're you're all tired. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. I don't know. Maybe that would be an interesting. Uh, another episode we talk about, you know, what is it like being in a relationship, yeah. right? And being a couple from before kids to after kids oh, to multiple kids. really be a whole episode. Yeah, because yeah. that's really, I mean, that absolutely. I don't know of anybody I've ever spoken to that said, oh, yeah, our, you know, a relationship is just as, you know, Mm-mm. exciting and, you know, spontaneous as it was before kids because you can't, you know, kids eating snack on the table at 3 p.m. You can't be like, okay, one-year-old, we'll see you in 45 minutes because yeah. we need to have a spontaneous date, right? It's, you have to be a bit more planned about it usually. So that makes sense. Ah, yeah. So it's hard. I mean, what yeah. other help did you have during that time? So we, when Harper was born, I did not have... A ton of help. Mm. I did go to my mom's house most days. Mm-hmm. So that was helpful. That's good. But we were living in an apartment at the time. Mm. And it was, you know, pretty small. So it was just a, a two-bedroom apartment with a living room and a kitchen. Mm-hmm. And so it was difficult for someone to come over mm-hmm. and help. But yeah, so we didn't... I also didn't really know how to ask for help. So I think that's kind of another thing is just knowing to ask for help and knowing it's okay to ask for help and knowing what to ask for. Because I also didn't know what to ask for. I was like, I don't even know what I need help with. I know I need help, but like, I don't know with what. So like, you know, I I would, you know, going back, I probably would have asked my mom to like make meals or something that could be frozen and heated up. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure she would have been very willing to do that, but I didn't know to ask for that so instead like the first couple weeks I like went barely eating (laughs) that sounds like she didn't know to to offer that either yeah right because how would she know right she's never been a grandma before right yeah that's really hard and that's and that's really important what you're saying because I think a lot of other women feel this way is we have to be so strong Mm -hmm. it's not okay to ask for help we're living in a man's world or whatever thankfully hopefully that's changing yeah but sometimes it's it's hard and you know 
there's seasons of giving and there's seasons of receiving. And when you have a new baby, that is a time when you need all the help you can get. And sometimes yeah. that's a very vulnerable thing to ask somebody to bring you yeah. food, right? Hey, can you you know pick me up something? Can you cook something, right? Or can you come over and watch the baby for an hour mm-hmm. so I can sleep, right? It's You're asking people favors. Yeah. And I think sometimes that makes people feel uncomfortable, but... That could be the difference between, you know, survival and losing it, right? I'm sure we've all heard the scary stories of mm-hmm. the moms who don't have help and horrible things take over and, you know, it becomes horrific, right? So yeah. um, that's hard, but it's hard to ask for that. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, what was it like for you? So for me, I was actually in a, in a different place because I was finishing my master's program. I had quit my job at that point because I had to do um, what they call practicum where you, you know, see clients for a year um, before you get fully licensed. And then I got um, my license like, like a week before my son was born. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so then we were fortunate that I was able to take some time off. Um, So I took actually, I'm very lucky and thankful for my husband. I was able to take six months off. Oh my gosh. That's Mm -hmm, amazing. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but if I was by myself or a single mom, that most certainly would not have happened. I would have had, I don't even know, two days off, who knows. And so then I was able to, to work part time. So I was very lucky. And also we were very fortunate. My mom gifted us with a night nurse so that we were able to get help, um, which was incredible. If, if anybody, if you can, if you have the means to please. Oh yeah. It's a game changer. Oh, it's a game changer. She was able to help us get our kids to sleep through the night. She was able to recognize when my son, I think I mentioned on a podcast where he had an inguinal hernia. She was like, okay, something doesn't look right here. She was able to help us. He had, because I was breastfeeding, he ended up having a dairy intolerance. Both of my kids had food intolerances and they had blood in their stool. Mm. We had to take him to the hospital. It was like a whole thing. So just having her support of, I don't know if she had experienced that before, but she knew, you know, she knew way more than we did. So even though I had the time off and it was beautiful and we were able to do things, um, it was still hard. (laughs) It was just nice that I was able to have time off in those times. But uh, yeah, but it's interesting. You're saying for help, for your help, that it was just your mom. And I felt like there was a time because when I was breastfeeding, I think it was about my son was three weeks old and my nipples, and this is real, but we've all been through it at least the breastfeeding moms are all no even not breastfeeding moms your boobs <laughs> go through changes right but my nipples were just like destroyed oh. i needed i definitely needed lactation help and even with the night nurse she wasn't you know a, a lactation consultant and i was calling lactation consultants and leaving voicemails of just like crying because oh, i was no. so much pain i didn't oh, know what gosh. to do i was crying to my husband and so tired and yeah. thankfully my husband called up his mom who wasn't living you know in town at that time and was like mom I think you need to come help and my mom had stayed for a little bit but then she went back or whatever and I just remember that there was a time when she was there and she was helping out and I was just like crying and like hugged her like I just you need that support and before I had kids I didn't know at least down down here that people do the meal trains so I felt really bad for people that had kids before I had kids and I didn't do it for them and then when they had the next kid I tried to sort of pay it forward but it is such a beautiful thing just to bring somebody a meal or offer to play with their kid or just give somebody or I don't even do do the dishes like whatever right oh yeah do the dishes do the laundry yeah it is it's really special just to do something and I know especially the problem is is that usually it's the moms who have kids the other ones know to do that but then they're tired from having their own kids so sometimes (laughs) it's hard to make that that space but definitely I mean help is so 
so important. Yeah. But it was still hard because I'm curious if you felt this way too. You guys, especially because you said it wasn't expected. So you really had to sort of get ready. Yeah. Although thankfully we get nine months yeah. or hopefully <laughs> nine months if you're lucky to figure it out. But I mean, even when you take those classes, like we were talking before is what, what do you do when you're in it? What does this mean? Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to know what to do. Yeah. And, and what's real. I remember when I was in the hospital and this is very personal, but I was in the hospital and all of a sudden I was like, okay, what are these lumps in my boobs? And I was like nervous, like, oh my gosh, am I getting some weird, like, I don't know. I'm not even going to throw the C word out there. But so I say to the nurse, I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, your milk's coming in. And I'm like, oh, like I wouldn't have known that. Or when you start breastfeeding that like you get really engorged and you're like, boobs are like bricks, like things like that, where I wouldn't have known unless I had a lactation consultant you know, to provide me that knowledge. So there's so much that yeah. you don't know, even if you try to prep in before and so many things are happening with your body, with the baby, you can't communicate with the baby. You're trying to figure it all out. You're tired. It's just a whirlwind. And I feel like that was the hardest part of going from no kids to having a child. Yeah. And also the sleep. I feel like it was harder because I was, I think I said this in the last podcast, I like slept into noon and all of a sudden my sleep yeah. was completely now different. you're having to wake up at all right. times. I feel like that was harder yeah. than when I went from one to two. Because okay. one to two, I think I was already sort of yeah, sleep deprived yeah. and used to it. Or my mind was <laughs> like, oh yeah, I remember this. Like no sleep. Okay. Um, but I felt like the first time it was, it was bad. And, and you had mentioned the mastitis that happened to me where one night I was just so tired that I slept through the night and I was so engorged that I ended up getting, I don't know if that's why, but I ended up yeah. getting mastitis. I think oh it's bacterial gosh. on it, but it was after that. And it was one of those things where I was just so tired. Yeah. Right. I knew what I was going to wake up to, not the mastitis obviously, but yeah, and I was just so tired. And then, of course, you pay for it. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard when, you know, that's why I feel like fed is best because sometimes breastfeeding is really hard, yeah. right? When you're not only the mom, you're also the food machine and the pumping machine and all the other things. So, you know, even though it's beautiful and you have this baby and, you know, you get to spend time with it, it's it's still hard. hard. It's still hard. So, so yeah. speaking of, like, things that you didn't know before and like had to learn when the baby was born. Mm-hmm. So this is like kind of embarrassing. Okay. But this is our tell all. <laughs> like I look back and I'm like, I was so dumb. Like, why did I do this? But while I was in the hospital at, with Harper, mm-hmm. the nurses were feeding her through a syringe. Mm. And so not through like the nipple on the bottle, they would feed her with the syringe. Mm-hmm. And they would tell me things like, oh, she should only have this many ounces at this age and this many ounces at that age. And they would tell me like kind of these, quote, horrifying stories, which now I don't think are. I think that's okay. normal. Why are they of, telling you horrifying of, stories? Of, of a baby eating so much of, of moms feeding their babies way too much. And, and oh, I, I realized later, too. like that doesn't really happen, right? Like yeah. you're not going to overfeed your infant. Right. Like they I have... mean, if you fed them every two minutes and you just yeah. kept feeding them like 16 bottles. Yeah. yeah but yeah, I've heard those stories, but that's, it's very, you know, rare. Yeah. It's rare. So I was like so concerned yeah, that I was, was going to overfeed Harper. I was too. And so I <laughs> got back from the hospital I continued with the syringe oh, wow. <laughs> and I would feed her with the syringe and she would, you know, cry shortly after. And this was, you know, terrible at night because she'd sleep for, you know, 
an hour and then she'd want to eat again because she was hungry because she was hungry but how would you have known because she can say mommy i'm hungry (laughs) yeah so i like i had no idea british accent for some reason i don't know where that came from but anyway (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was like what's going on evan actually was the one who was like is she hungry Mm. and i'm like well i'm feeding her the way they told me to do it at the hospital and he's like why are you feeding her with a syringe and not out of a bottle? Like a baby bird. Aww. Like just feed her out of the bottle and let her eat more. Oh but how would you have known, right? I felt that way too. Am I going to overfeed my baby? What does this mean? Oh my gosh. Is it, you know, is she, do they have stomach problems? Are they hungry? This, that, right? You just don't know, yeah. right? If you've never gone through it definitely don't know yeah and so you were just following whatever directions you thought whatever guidance you were given yeah oh my god so that was (laughs) so how long did it take you to figure out that if she was hungry uh it was i guess it was about or to stop feeding her with syringes probably about two weeks oh okay okay yeah it's not like six months and you're like you know yeah no yeah yeah yeah. no it was was just a couple weeks luckily okay but yeah so that was kind of my embarrassing (laughs) thing that I didn't know and how to learn but yeah yeah. but that's really what it is I think I've talked about this before I can't remember about you know 150 years ago 200 years ago we all lived in villages and we were surrounded by did we talk about this before right cousins and friends and grandparents and aunts and uncles and everybody would sit around and they would help each other out or tell each other their experiences or Mm. you know breastfeed at the same time so you could like figure it all out like guide you yeah guide you and now we're all so much more isolated than we've ever been in history and of course we don't know what to do yeah right and maybe you can go on to social media and figure it out but there's only so much that social media can do when it's not particular to you and your situation or hear those stories and so, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. It's something you said, this sounds right. I'm just going to syringe her, you know. It's measured out. That looks good, right? Because no one was there to tell you otherwise. Yeah. So, so you did the best you could. Yeah. That's, I feel like, what I want to share with our listeners. Is at the end of the day, you're doing your best, yeah. right? And we're not perfect. And as long as your kid, right, as long as eventually you figure it out, yeah. right? And our yeah. kids are healthy and safe. I mean, that's a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always stressful, you know, when you're, when you know there's something not right, Mm -hmm. but you don't know how to fix it. And so you have to like go through all these different things. Like Mm -hmm. we had this with Kinsley, our second one actually, where she was, I guess, intolerant or sensitive to Mm -hmm. lactose. Mm -hmm. And so we were trying all different formulas, finally got her on the right one. And then when we switched to milk, she went through it again. And so we ended up having to get lactose-free milk. And it just was, it it was a struggle to figure out what exactly was going on. Yeah. Wasn't that also when there was the formula shortage? So yes, she, yeah. There was the formula sh- shortage. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I think she was... That was a scary time. Uh, how old was she? Like eight months or something. We were mm-hmm. like kind of close to the end mm-hmm. of formula. And so I got really lucky one day. I walked into Target, nothing on the shelves. Mm-hmm. And I needed a, a specific formula. She mm-hmm. was on Nutramagen, mm-hmm. uh, which is a hypoallergenic mm-hmm. formula. Mm-hmm they had nothing. Mm. So I'm like standing there like, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to like drive to all these different places and try to find something. And then an employee walks up with a cart, a formula Mm. and it was Nutramogen. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. 
like all these cases. And so I was like, wow, this is really lucky. So I took a couple cases. I don't think they liked it. I was like, is there a limit on how many I can take? Cause I didn't know if they had put a limit on it or something. And she was like, well, no, but most people are like trying to be considerate of other people. (laughs) So I took like two or three cases. They laid that guilt on pretty thick. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, you know, my baby needs it. I know everybody else's does too, but, yeah. you know, I, there's a lot left. So I took like three cases of it, two or three cases, and that ended up lasting us oh, very nice. through the rest of the time. Yeah, that was scary. I think at that point, I was supplementing my daughter with some formula, and it was also scary where it's like, oh my gosh, more pressure on me to produce milk. If, you know, if there's not enough out Mm -hmm. of me, what am I going to do? There's nothing on there. And we had a similar story where, you know, it's breastfeeding that what I eat affects what the baby eats. And so, like I said, with my son, he had a dairy intolerance, but we ended up supplementing with formula at some point, so it wasn't as much on me, but I was doing much more of the milk production for my second and I had to be off dairy, soy, and egg. And it's so one of those hard. things. It's so hard. <laughs> and I become much more aware of what's in food because of that process and what happens with my children because you start to realize it's in everything. Yeah. It's really in everything, especially soy. It's things you wouldn't even think of, like chewing gum. I don't know why I would never think soy would be chewing gum. Yeah, I would have no idea. Yeah, but it was. And so I think I mentioned on a couple of podcasts the things I loved eating when I you know, was pregnant and afterwards with my peanut butter pretzels. <laughs> yeah. And I was drinking a little bit you know, of alcohol when you know, the baby would go to sleep, and I knew it was enough time it would get out of my milk. So I, yeah. of course, that's what I said to the doctor, into a, a gastrointestinal doctor. I think that's what they call them. Um, and I said, he said, yep, so you got to be off dairy, soy, and eggs. I said, okay, so just peanut butter, pretzels, and alcohol. And he said, have fun. <laughs> you can do that. Although then I was on these Facebook groups, and apparently some alcohols, they, the way they produce them is through meat production. I don't know. So who knows if I was doing it right so or weird. not. I know. it's in, it, Again, it's interesting what you learn when you're in certain circumstances. But yeah, so that was hard too, is yeah. having to go through that process and then with the formula shortage and right when you talk mm-hmm. about your daughter and she had those intolerances, it's just, ah, it's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. So how did the second time around compare to the first and you know, what were the differences, different challenges, what was the same? Yeah, so I would say it was easier because I knew kind of what to expect. Yeah. It was yeah, so that was easier, although it's never easy, right? Easier because you know, not easier when you're in yeah. it. I felt like what was harder was with one kid, there was more of, you could do more of a tag team effort with, yeah. with your partner, with your your spouse. Yeah. You can, you know, one person can be with the baby and sleep, right? This time when you have two kids or more kids, depending on what your situation is, we just said two, right? Is when you finally get one to sleep, the mm-hmm. other one's awake, Right. Or, you know, one decides to sleep in till 8 a.m. Like I remember when, you know, it was just our son. If you would sleep till 8 a.m., we were all sleeping in until 8 a.m. That was amazing. But nope, it's never that case anymore. And at least in our experience where the baby might sleep until 8 a.m., but our son is up at 6.30. And so, of course, we're up. And so I think the downtime, that's, to me, it feels the hardest part and having to you know, all the moving parts um, and responsibility that comes with having multiples. So I don't know. How about you? Yeah. I I did think in a lot of ways it was not as challenging. Mm. Like you said, I kind of 
knew somewhat what to expect and I knew how to change a diaper. Mm -hmm. I knew how to, how to feed her. Um, and I was comfortable doing those things. Whereas with Harper, I was not comfortable. And, and surprisingly, although this has kind of changed now, but when at the beginning Harper was really, really great. Mm -hmm. Like the transition was, I got really lucky because there, there were no issues. Like Harper just took to Kinsley completely. She did not complain about anything. She was very into the baby. Uh, Now that's kind of changed a little bit. She's starting to feel the jealousy and stuff. But at least initially, it was nice to have that because Mm -hmm. like Harper was fine. I didn't have to do a whole lot, like worry about her in that way. And yeah. Um, it was also easier because, so with Harper, we did do an, an, ended up doing a night nurse, but only three nights a week and not for very long. Mm-hmm. And that was because, because of our financial situation and my family sure. did help us oh, out. it's definitely expensive. With, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Depending on where you live, it's more expensive than other places. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be in a certain financial position for sure. Yeah. So this time around, I was like, we're doing the night nurse. I did it, uh, four nights a week, mm. but... Uh, the person I had hired originally, she could only do one month. So then she did a month and then I found somebody else and she was signed up to do the next month and she and her whole family got COVID. Oh no. So she canceled the contract and I had to scramble to find somebody else. Uh, I ended up finding somebody. So we were able to have them come. And then uh, at the end of that, I just decided not to continue with the night nurse just mm-hmm. because I didn't feel like we really needed it anymore. And I was waking up anyway, mm-hmm. you know, cause I can hear Kinsley. I can hear either of them when they wake up. Our rooms are so close together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like waking up anyway when Kinsley would wake up and I could not go back to sleep until she oh. was like settled oh, and so I could hard. tell that she was settled. So so it kind of was like, you know, I'm up anyway. Why spend the money on it? And it's not right. that big of a deal. Just go and change her diaper feed or put her back to bed and, and we're done. Right. So. It's still exhausting. It is exhausting, right. but it wasn't, it wasn't too bad at first just because she wasn't like, well, I take that back. Before we put her on the Nutramagen, mm. she would cry a lot. Mm-hmm. But after we put her on the Nutramagen, it she like in between the feedings mm-hmm. she was fine yeah for the most part although it took her a long time to sleep through the night and she still doesn't really sleep through the night so <laughs> it's not but, one thing it's another but, thing yeah. right can't That's win momhood it, it wasn't as difficult as with harper okay the nighttime stuff and i also hired a daytime nanny mm. So in the third month of my maternity leave, mm-hmm. I had the daytime nanny come for, she started out coming four days, four uh, hours a day, mm-hmm. uh, like three days a week or something. And then I ended up having her come actually for like the full day, like three days a week. And then, um, and then I think when I started work, I had, we, she wasn't in a daycare yet. And so the nanny came all day, every day. But so that was also helpful. Although if I were going to go back and do it again, Mm -hmm. because the baby stuff doesn't bother me so much, I would probably not hire like a nanny maybe, or maybe somebody who could watch the baby. If I wanted to go do a workout class Mm -hmm. or do something on my own, 
but someone mostly for taking care of the household stuff. Oh, yes. Like the dishes and the laundry and the cleaning and the picking up toys and Mm -hmm. things like that, cooking meals. Yeah. That's what I would do for sure. But it was still difficult. I... With both Harper and Kinsley, I had a lot of anxiety Mm. and depression after. Mm. Mostly anxiety, but it kind of which is so common. It is so common. Do you know that one in seven moms experience postpartum depression? Yeah, and one in ten dads. Yeah, oh, I was going to say the dads too because Mm -hmm. it's so not talked about with the dads. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to my friend about this the other day because she has a friend who just had a baby and they're having relationship stuff, and she feels like the husband has kind of gotten I don't want to say lazy but kind of like in that way like he's not proactive he's not doing a whole lot and I told her like you know I that's really common and you know we definitely went through that but now looking back on it I can understand that we were all stressed out and the dads go through stuff too the dads have the same worries and the same feelings of like how are they going to take care of a baby and nobody knows what to do including them so like so they definitely have a hard time too i think it's important and i would assume that then they feel like well my wife is the one or my partner whatever Mm -hmm. is the one who's going through this with her body and heard this I don't know if there's space for me to say, exactly. hey, I'm yeah. tired, that she'll probably turn on him and be like, no, like, ah, right? Yeah. You're not allowed to be tired. You can't complain, right? They probably don't feel like there's space for their stuff. And so yeah. they hold it, hold it in. I don't know, or depending on the person, but yeah, yeah, that's really hard. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. So, yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. So I, I had a lot of anxiety with Harper, they were kind of different, mm-hmm. uh, manifested differently with each one. So with Harper, I had, uh, gosh, uh, this is like horrifying and it still happens sometimes, although I'm better, I'm better able to control it, but I would have like visions mm. of something really bad happening. Mm. So like I'd be out walking her in the stroller and we lived uh, by a trail that like went around a pond mm-hmm. and I would just all of a sudden just have a vision of for some reason, losing control of the stroller and it tumbling down the hill Mm -hmm. into the pond, you know, and things like that. Or like when somebody else was holding her, I would just like all of a sudden have a vision of them dropping her on the floor or like going up and down stairs. I was like really avoided going up and down stairs when I was holding her because I was so afraid of like tripping on the stairs. It's so scary. Also very common. Yeah. Also very common. I mean... You know, I definitely don't want to make this my professional, you know, therapy stuff, but (laughs) just to normalize it, right, is many moms have those, yeah, have those thoughts. And there's a difference between thoughts and actions, Yeah, right? We can't control our thoughts, but you stopped yourself, right? It's not like you said, oh, I have these visions and now I'm going to do it, right? You knew, okay, this is scary. I'm not okay with this, right? So I'm going to stop it. And that is amazing because that's really what it's all about. Yeah. Right. I think we all get these scary thoughts from time to time of something oh, bad yeah, happening. Oh yeah, for sure. It's normal. So yeah. Yeah. You're definitely not alone in that. So that was, I that, was, that helps other people who are I hope there. so too. Cause yeah. Yeah. I mean, no one's hard though. It's scary. Yeah. No one really, I didn't see anyone talking about it. Like when I was yeah. going through it and you know, I would see things like, Oh, postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, but no one would talk about that aspect of it mm-hmm. and that as- it was so horrifying it mm-hmm. was like paralyzing yeah. and um you know I I eventually ended up getting like help 
like taking medication that time Beautiful. also. That's it, the best it you took can a do. Long, it took a long time yeah, so for much. me to get that help. And um, so that was really tough. And then with Kinsley, oh gosh, the anxiety was like more, I had less of that kind of vision stuff because I was like, those things aren't going to happen. It's going to be okay. She's oh, going to be you safe. Yourself. Good for you. Um, but it was more of just like a constant kind of consistent, just level of anxiety, especially yeah. with the nighttime stuff, which I, I mentioned last time, but. And also when you're not sleeping, I mean, anxiety is going to be raised. It's much harder yeah. to control that for sure. I mean, absolutely. It's tough. Yeah. It is so tough. I mean, but here you are and that's amazing. And that you asked for help because that's, again, what we were talking about earlier, how hard it is to ask for help. You need to, you yeah. need something, whether right. Be therapy, asking mom to come over, medication, have a friend mm-hmm. make a meal, whatever it is to get through it because yeah. you're not supposed to go through it alone, right? But it's so hard. Or even when you do have help, right, which I was yeah. fortunate enough to have, it's so still hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. I also want to talk about what you said when you mentioned about the COVID piece, about how you couldn't have her because yeah. of COVID. I mean, yeah. thankfully, we, with our kids, we got lucky where the first ones were before COVID. Right. And the second ones were sort of like, later. Like where, when it was ending. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't even know if, I think it was like in the middle, but pe- they started loosening up. People were yeah. vaccinated or whatever. But the moms who had it right when COVID hit, mm-hmm. I've heard stories about, you know, my partner couldn't come with me to appointments to see anatomy scans. Something yeah. Like, even though well, it's their yeah, child yeah, yeah. too, they couldn't come to, to that to see their baby. Or something happened where their partner, I don't know, maybe there weren't enough COVID tests. I forgot what the circumstance, but they couldn't even be in the labor and delivery room. Oh, Can you imagine terrible. doing that by yourself? Oh. Or not being able to get any help because you're afraid that someone could have COVID and affect your baby. Or other people don't want to come over and get, they get affected, you know, whatever yeah. the case may be. So all the meals and the help and all this stuff, you couldn't ask for it. You really truly were alone. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, yeah, just shout out to all those moms that have been through that because yeah. we know how hard is and we weren't in you know the beginnings of a, of a pandemic yeah, when I can't. you didn't even have the option right even if you wanted the help and you were fine asking for the help many times you couldn't yeah and so oh that's hard that's yeah so hard. I yeah. that would have been really really tough and I don't know it would have been really hard for me to not have Evan in the room yeah. when everything was happening and because it was such a comfort mm-hmm. you know to have him there yeah. um, and when I had when I had Kinsley, I actually passed out. Wow. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I passed out in the, in the bed. Oh my gosh. And this was before, before she came out. Right, right, And right. so if Evan hadn't been there, I definitely would have felt a lot more like, and I, I know like the nurses know what they're doing and everything, but it's I just, not the same. I, I didn't, you know, I just felt like having him there, like I knew that if something were really wrong, he would do something about yeah, it. He you would know? advocate for you. He yeah. loved you. He cared about you, right? The nurses, no matter how amazing they are, right? It's different than someone who loves you. Yeah. Right? There's just that bond that, that that can't be made any other way. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Can you imagine if you didn't have that? Oh. Yeah. My it gosh. would be really tough. Yeah. Yeah. Really tough. Really tough. Wow. So it's a lot. The point of the story is it's a lot. If anybody feels mm-hmm. like they're the only one who's been through this, you're not alone. There's also some beautiful parts of it. I don't know. I'm curious. Yeah. You know, we talked about all the hard parts, but would you say 
kind of your favorite parts of that newborn phase? Yeah. The ones that maybe keep you going back of, yeah. maybe I should have another one. <laughs> and that happens to me all the time. I'm like, oh, the babies are so cute and cuddly. Yeah. Like, I just want to have another one. Um, but yeah, my, my favorite part or what I, I mean, I, I loved holding them, mm. uh, both of them. So like when I had Harper actually at one point, Evan was like, you know, you don't have to hold her all the time. You can put her down sometimes. <laughs> Try and take this baby away from me. I dare you. <laughs> just hold her all the time. And with Kinsley, I, I just, I loved just holding them and like looking at them and, yeah. you know, they're so, you know, innocent and pure and just you know yeah I mean they're just it's a it's really beautiful so beautiful so that was and then I also liked taking them places so Mm -hmm. I I love going out and doing things Mm -hmm. so I always had fun taking them with me you know to go walk around somewhere or go shopping or go get something to eat and just mm-hmm. kind of being out with them yeah so I liked that it's so much easier when they're in that stage and they're just yeah like and they just lumps, lay in their right in their stroller. You can take her anywhere yeah. right now it's everything's more complicated <laughs> as they get old and they want to like move around and it's do harder things. to take them places right yeah oh my gosh yeah oh I love that yeah oh that's really beautiful yeah, yeah. I feel like that stage is just really it's sweet Right. I mean, it's hard and you're exhausted, but yeah, it's just like, they're just these little like tiny ones. I remember I look Mm -hmm. at pictures all the time. I'm like, kids go to bed. You're annoying me because I want (laughs) to, then I get, then they go to sleep and I'm like, oh, I want to look at all these pictures. I'm like, oh, now I miss them. (laughs) But I'll like, look at the pictures of when they first, after they were born, they laid on my chest and I just like imagine, you know, or remember that warmth of them just laying there and doing that skin to skin. And them just being so little, just being able to hold them, mm, and they're so just tiny. so tiny. Yeah. And those are definitely the moments, uh, uh, you know, for us moms, right? Yeah. That we have a biological clock. If you at least you want to have a natural birth, and that's what I think. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I need to do it because if I don't do it, then that's it, right? Yeah. You're, you've missed the phase. Mm-hmm. And so I say to my husband from time to time, and he's like, no, this is too hard. We can't do it. Like we're done. And I think we are, but. I definitely have my moments where I'm like, yeah. oh, and then I'll go to him. Well, you know, can we just have like, you know, I try to negotiate with him. Can we have three more kids? No. <laughs> All right, fine. You win. I we'll do one won. more kid. No. <laughs> He's like, no, you're not going to, you know, trick me into this. Um, but yeah, there are those. And I agree with you about being yeah. able to take them anywhere. Right. It's definitely much easier. Yeah. Um, you, usually. Then usually. Then there's sometimes moments. they have like blowouts. Blowouts. <laughs> Oh my god! Or they or they throw up. I had right. that issue with Harper too. Oh, so gosh. yeah, the blowouts and kind of the the throwing up yes. that was hard when you're out. Yeah, oh but it's god. really beautiful. Yeah. It's really beautiful. So yeah, ah, so it's yeah. a lot. So I felt right. We were like, this is a really important topic. Yeah, that I'm sure people you know are, hopefully are interested in because there's so many transitions mm-hmm. and life changes. It's just yeah. it's it's huge. It's huge. Um, and some are beautiful moments mm-hmm. and some are traumatic moments yeah. and some are <laughs> exhausting moments and all the yeah. feelings. If you had to have a feelings wheel, I feel like becoming a new mom or, you know, having, you know, more kids than just one is like all of them. Yeah. All of them there. Yeah. So yeah. Definitely big feelings. Big feelings. Yeah. Big feelings for yeah. sure. Yeah. So that's it. I don't so. know. Anything else? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like we could talk about this for hours. Yeah, ever, <laughs> so might as well end on a good note yeah. uh, with the things that we love about the newborn phase and, yeah. uh, you know, maybe 
maybe we can do another one. Yeah. You know, and talk more about it if if you guys want us to. Yeah, please message but, us, reach out. We've gotten so much great feedback from y'all about our previous episodes, but if you have any thoughts or things that you feel like you want to hear and know that you're not alone on, you know, we would absolutely love to talk about it. Of course, we're going to come up with many more topics because there's lots of <laughs> aspects of being a mom, but, you know, definitely please do not hesitate to reach out because we want to hear from you. Yeah. And that's it. We do. All right. Well, be sure to follow us on Instagram, mom underscore the podcast, subscribe, follow, and share with the mom friend if you enjoyed it, please. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how, you know, that's the main way we we get around. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get around. <laughs> you said that. That's how we get around, baby. <laughs> share. <laughs> we like to share. We like to share. We do. But yes. So yeah, subscribe, follow, share, all the things. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Yep. All right. See you next time. Bye.